Well, I hope you are persevering in this New Testament challenge, and I hope you are benefiting from it and enjoying it, uh, just immersing yourselves in the Scriptures every day and thinking carefully about it. Today we come to Mark chapter 8, and in this chapter Jesus feeds the 4,000. The Pharisees demand a sign. The disciples are slow to believe. Jesus heals a blind man. Peter is commended. Peter is rebuked. <laughs> and uh, Jesus teaches what is required to be his disciples. There's, in other words, there's, there's a lot going on in Mark chapter 8. But let's just think about a couple of big ideas we find in it. The first big idea has to do with seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus. Almost everything in this chapter is related to each other. And they're related around one theme. Seeing Jesus for who he really is. The chapter opens with Jesus performing the miracle of feeding the 4,000 in verses 1 through 10. And he does so with only seven loaves of bread, verse 5. After the miracle, he immediately, that's Mark's favorite word, immediately, verse 10, got in, uh, in a boat and left to another place, verse 10. When he got there, he was again approached by the Pharisees, verse 11. Jesus had already pronounced their judgment for their blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, back in chapter 3 and 4, their hearts were hardened. Uh, they could not and would not see Jesus for who he really was. And thus, when they come to him, they began to argue with him, demanding a sign in order to test him, verse 11. Nothing would satisfy them. Notice that Mark says that Jesus, uh, in, uh, yeah, he says he sighed deeply in his spirit at their tiresome request. Mark here uses the strongest Greek word possible for sighing. Do you blame him? Mark relays this episode with the Pharisees not only to remind us of their hardness of heart, but to set up the next episode of Jesus' discussion with his disciples. Of all things, they're in a boat with not enough bread to feed the whole group. And they're worrying about it, <laughs> verses 14 and 16. Can you imagine? Jesus had already fed 5,000 men with only five loaves of bread and two fish back in chapter 6. And then 4,000 people with only seven loaves of bread in Mark 8, uh, earlier in the chapter, verses 1 to 10. In each case, having food left over. So they had witnessed Jesus satisfy at least 9,000 people with a dozen loaves of bread and two fish. And now they're worried that their one loaf couldn't feed 13 of them. That sounds just like me. And it probably sounds just like you. Jesus tells them, uh, he looks at them and tells them, he says in verse 15, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. What does that mean? What is the leaven of the Pharisees? Well, Jesus tells us in context, uh, in verse 17, he describes for us, what, what is the leaven of the Pharisees when he asked the disciples, Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? The leaven of the Pharisees is hardness of heart and unbelief. That's what the, that's what the leaven of the Pharisees is. Jesus tells his disciples that even they uh, did not yet fully understand who he was. Verse 21, and this statement is connected to the miracle that immediately, immediately follows in this chapter when they come to the town of Bethsaida. They brought to Jesus a blind man for healing. Now, at first glance, this might seem like an odd miracle. Jesus spit on his eyes <laughs> one time, and his blindness 
did not fully go away. Verses 23 and 24, Jesus gave it another go, laid his hands on the man's eyes, and told them to open his eyes. This time, verse 25, he saw perfectly. What's up with that? Was Jesus just having an off day? Was he, he, he wasn't clicking on all cylinders that particular day. Uh, he, you know, something was different about the spit versus laying his hands on him. No, what's going on here? No, it's not anything like that. From the context of the passage, based on what had just happened, in addition to what is about to happen next, it looks like Jesus healed this blind man in stages to teach his disciples that even they still only partially saw Jesus for who he really was and were slowly coming to an incrementally greater understanding. Notice what happens next. Jesus asked them who who they thought he was, and Peter speaks up and confesses in verse 29, you are the Christ. Seemingly, he understands who Jesus is and uh, what he's come to do, and yet in the very next episode, the same Peter who professed belief in Jesus as the Messiah now tried to stand in Jesus' way and prevent him from fully uh, fulfilling the mission he told them he had come to do in verses 31 to 33. And in verse 34, Jesus rebukes Peter, showing that he really didn't fully understand who he, uh, what he was saying when he confessed that Jesus is the Christ. If you look at the Gospel of Mark as a whole, chapters 1 through 8 seem to show that, that the disciples came to understand that Jesus was king, but in chapters 9 through 16 will show that they still didn't understand that he was to come first the first time as a suffering king. This they would eventually learn. But I believe we can glean at least two things from this. First, remember that very often unbelievers uh, hear the gospel many times before they come to faith in Jesus. In fact, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet it was this way with you. Even if you were saved as a child, you probably heard the, the gospel scores of times, either from your parents or from your teachers in the church or both, before you believed. And, and, and it was this way, apparently, with Jesus' first disciples. So be willing to talk about the gospel and, and about Jesus numerous times with those who don't know Christ. And don't assume that if you share the gospel once and they don't believe, that you have somehow failed or that they will never believe. That's simply not the case. Often it takes hearing the truth again and again. Secondly, this teaches us something about our own spiritual growth after we profess our faith in Christ. We don't come to a perfect understanding of God's revealed truth the moment we believe any more than the, the, the 12 disciples did. Paul prayed constantly for the Colossian Christians in Colossians 2, two that they would be, quote, filled with the knowledge of uh, God's will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Growth in Christ is a process. And this is why the earliest Christians in Acts, uh, Acts 2.42 tells us they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And let's remember that as we grow in Christ daily and share the gospel of Christ with each other. Now, there's the second thing and final, final thing I want to mention here in Mark 8, and that is about following Jesus. Let me just say a word about one of the most important passages in all the Bible um, that we've talked about uh, a great deal recently. In verse 34, Jesus declares what a person must do in order to be his disciple. Um, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. This is repeated in all three synoptics, in Matthew sixteen twenty-four, and then here, and then Luke nine twenty-three. And you might say, I thought 
in order to be a disciple, all you had to do was repent and believe. Well, that's right, and this is what genuine repentance and faith looks like. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Following him is daily reading the word and seeking to love the Lord with all your heart and walk in his ways. Taking up your cross is, is valuing Jesus and glorifying him over your own life. And don't worry, the Holy Spirit will empower you in that moment. Uh, should 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 giving the literal giving of your life be required? As for denying yourself, notice Jesus does not say deny yourself certain things, but rather deny yourself. Interestingly, the Greek word translated deny is also found in Hebrews eleven twenty four, where we read that read that um, Moses, when he was grown up, refused. There's that word to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In that verse, Moses was refusing or denying his old life, who he used to be. That's a good illustration of how to understand what Jesus is saying in Mark 8, 34. When he tells the one who would follow him to deny himself, he is saying, refuse your old life. Refuse to associate with your old self, your old habits, your old way of life. If you're choosing Christ, you now have a new Lord and Master, and with him, a new way of life. And there, there's a, a, a great demand but with great demand, there's great reward. Of those who faithfully follow Christ all of their days, the Lord Jesus Christ will not be ashamed uh, when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. That's a great word from Mark chapter 8. 